After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Mike, I took my microphone working now, Mike. All right, good. Heard this week, it'll be another 11 years before Christmas lands on a Sunday again. So how old are you going to be in 11 years? Where are you going to be in 11 years? How much is going to change in the next 11 years if we wait for Christmas to land on Sunday morning again? A lot will change, right? Things will change, and you won't have any way to stop it. And many things that will happen, you won't even be able to be a part of it because it's going to be out of your control. So many changes, and it's all out of your control. All of it. But there is someone that is in control and someone that already knows what that day is going to look like. That someone knows where you will be on that day. He knows how old you'll be and how much less hair you have and maybe everything else in between. God knows these things. Jesus knows as well. But there's things that will not change, and that is God himself. That is, Jesus will still be Lord and Savior. There will still be an Advent wreath with five candles of still to celebrate hope and love and joy and peace in Christ himself. There will be the important stuff, the eternal message that will not change ever. Unless Christ comes again, there will be churches still meeting. Just heard yesterday and read that there's areas in our country elected officials working diligently to ban the reading of Scripture. Just to take it away. Just to do away with it. And these things will continue to happen. So maybe in 11 years it won't even be legal. Maybe we won't even be legally able to gather in a church. 
and read God's Word and talk about these things, about Jesus being Lord and Savior. It's very possible. Got a call this week from uh, one of my pastor friend that uh, started ministry at the same time I did, but he st- he's in Michigan. But every tw- twice, once a month, for five years, we met at MTSO in Delaware, Ohio, taking our, our classes that were required for us by the United Methodist Church, put on by this United Methodist Seminary and teachers. And they weren't all Methodists. They were professors from all over. Some just came in for those weekends. Some weren't any of MTSO. Some from the Dayton Theological School, United. Some from West Virginia. Some from Chicago. They came from all over. They were hired to come and, and teach and challenge us and force us to look at Scripture in other ways. But as Marvin and I talked, he said, there's no way in the world ten years ago Yes, just ten years ago, when we was in these classes, those classes, did everyone know, could we ever imagined that we'd be facing times like this? Pandemic, COVID, masked, the United Methodist Church in turmoil and turned, up, turned upside down. Everything but silence. Everything but peaceful. We think of that silent night, that silent night before Jesus was born. I'm sure it was a special type of silence, unlike the world has ever known. And as Jesus was born and as he came into the world, just think about your life for a moment. When, where, and what, if you had to really think about it and tell somebody, what, what was the most peaceful moment in your life? What's been the most silent moment or a silent night, a silent day? Maybe it was for a period of time. What would that be for you? We struggle to think about this combination of silence and peace. Because usually in our life, especially in this country, both are so short-lived. Yes, short-lived. Oh, I get to hear myself. Think of, but then break them down individually. We all have had moments of silence. We have known maybe a few moments that were peaceful or peace-filled. But then we get like, if it's, oh, it's too quiet, too silent, it's, I can't handle it, that something's wrong. Or we think as parents, something's too peaceful. Or even as individuals, oh, something's too peaceful, my life's going too smooth, something bad's going to happen real soon. You know people like that? Of course we do. But what do we read there as I... I looked at the scripture reading, what would have been last night is from Luke chapter 2 and today's chapter 2 of Matthew. You know these verses. You've heard these things. There in Luke 2, 14 15, it says, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace. Peace to those 
on whom his favor rests. The shepherds were wide awake. The normal night was no longer normal. The world, as they had known it, would no longer be the same. No longer as they had known. Those angels brought them this news. And that from Luke chapter 2, the shepherds get the news and they go. And we read from Matthew today about others getting the news and they go. And those shepherds said, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing. Let's see this child. Let's see for ourselves. And you know the story. They hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and they seen the birth of Christ. They seen the baby there. And as we think about how Jesus came to earth, how he brought all these things we've talked about, the hope, the joy, and love, and peace. What is that peace? What is that peace that truly comes with Jesus, the Son of God? As he came, he brought it with him. What came with Jesus? All the power of God himself. All the holiness of God himself. So this peace that Jesus brings is powerful and it is holy and is perfect because he is perfect. Powerful how? How is it a powerful peace? It is a powerful peace that each of us needs and this world needs. We need it to equip us for life here on earth, the here and now, a peace that is within us, a peace that equips us, you and I, to have this power that is not of ourselves. A power and a peace that helps us to live together, to work together, to do ministry together, to get along with one another. We need this peace of Jesus because it takes more strength, it takes more power, and it takes more self-discipline to restrain yourself in a peaceful way than what it does to react to the things that's going on around you. We need this peace to restrain ourselves so we're not living in conflict with those around us. So the peace of Jesus is needed because we need to hold back at times. Because if we did not have this peace, we'd all be out of control at different levels, at different times. We all have different things that set us off. We all have different things that tick us off. We all have different patient levels on each and every given day for various reasons. So we need this peace to hold our anger back, to hold our tongue to help us bite our lip before speaking. Remember those old posters that used to be in the schools, at least when I grew up? The teachers had these posters on the wall that said, be sure your brain is in gear before opening your mouth. Remember those posters? Are they still around, Janice? Are they still around somewhere? Within each and every one of us. 
We need the inner strength that Christ provides. We need an understanding about how grace is needed in our lives. To stand still, sometimes to stand firm, to avoid the knee-jerk reaction, to remain under control without mouthing off, without throwing that punch, without kicking, without playing dirty or without backbiting. This is why we need Jesus. We need this type of peace in our lives. Parents, I hope that your home can be more peaceful this afternoon than what maybe it was this morning. Maybe we can get a peaceful rest or nap or cat nap this afternoon. But Jesus brings a peace that's better than that. An eternal peace that is lasting. That's going to be here and available until he comes again. We'll still be here in 11 years when Christmas falls on a Sunday again. Church, if we really want to live for Jesus, we all must walk with him. We all must live with Christ in us. We must desire a holy life and a holy way of living. And this can only happen with the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Scripture talks about being a peacemaker. Do you have what it takes to be a peacemaker? Being a peacemaker does not mean that you're weak, does not mean that you're scared, does not mean that you're a coward. Peacemakers stand firm and they cling to the truth. Peacemakers are one with the Lord, not at odds with the Lord, but one with the Lord. In the Billy Graham devotion that I read this morning, I didn't read it till this morning, and this is what it said, and it ties right in. Billy Graham said, and I quote, The greatest war, the greatest war of all, is the war between God and us. As we stubbornly rebel against his authority and defiantly seize control of our lives apart from Jesus. End quote. What's happening in you today? Is it truly hope, joy, love, and peace? Or are you still at war? Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Peacemakers filled with Christ. If we don't have this type of peace... We see what's happening in the world already. But we don't have that type of peace. We're going to be part of the world. Death and destruction. We're going to be barbaric barbarians. Doing all the things that we're not to be doing. That is not what God intended. That is not why he created this world. As he created us. To seek him to be wise men and women 
peace he wants to give to us. So I encourage you, church, once again, as the church and as friends and as parents, seek him, seek Jesus, while he can be found and as he can be received. And you've seen it on the Christmas cards, you've seen it on Facebook, and I tell you again, wise men still seek him, and his name is Jesus. Let us pray. Father God, I pray that we would allow the Holy Spirit to lead us on our spiritual journey. That we would have a spiritual journey that would fill us with your presence. And with your presence, Lord Jesus, would come all these things that we've been talking about year after year, advent after advent, candle lighting after candle lighting, but that we would truly allow ourselves to stop the war within us. Stop rebelling against you, against your authority, against your teachings. And through this, the Holy Spirit would make us wise because of the hope and the joy and the love then the peace that would replace, take the place of the war that is within us. So Lord Jesus, I pray for peace to lead us into this new year. I pray for the, us to be peacemakers as we cling to your word, we stand on your word, and by being a peacemaker, it doesn't mean that we're going to say that everything's okay and everything goes as the human desire would want it to go, but we say that we're going to go according to thy teaching and thy leading and thy direction, that which is holy and righteous. So, Father God, guide us and direct us today. Lead us into this new year that is upon us. And in the Jesus, name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.